Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. And welcome back, everybody, to Cats and Cosby. Rita Cosby here with the great John Katsimatidis. And, John, what a news day this has been. Uh, President Trump, it's been, what, it looks like three indictments coming in three months. John, you can't make this up. This is incredible. You know, this is so political. I mean, you have to be pretty dumb not to believe it's political. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, this is the like The president of the United States, that has never been done uh, ever in 247 years. Yeah, not, not, one, not even one. Not, not even once. once. Right, but Green, now three. Right. We got three of them. It, I mean, yeah, it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace what we're doing in our country. It is. And Trump's saying he got this letter uh, on Sunday night revealing it, uh, saying obviously a witch hunt, and that he says one is coming uh, any day now. Basically a target and don't letter. Forget, and don't forget. George is on the way too. Yeah, that's right. The state, that's a state charge, right? right. So he's got the brag, which is, of course, New York State. He's got, of course, yeah, the classified documents federal. You can't have a government like this. It's I, like understand, a, it's a banana I understand Rudy Giuliani did not get a letter. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder who else got a letter, if anybody else got a letter. Did you see if anyone else got a letter? I haven't seen no, if anyone no. else. Huh. In the studio with us is uh, Craig Eaton. Uh, a uh, 10 year GOP chairman of Brooklyn and uh, a common sense Republican and a common sense Democrat, uh, and, uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. How are you? I, I, as long as they don't send me a letter, I'll be fine. <laughs> 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 don't answer the mail. Yeah, don't answer the mail. You've got mail. Don't you know, take it. You know, you, know, you know what the dangerous thing is, and, and we're talking to the. We're going to be talking to the expert of experts, or one of our favorite guests, uh, uh, Alan Dershowitz, uh, because this is people are saying we're going to become a banana republic, but it's. It, Nothing has changed. They, they, they keep doing stupid things. They stoop to, is keep doing this. And you know what's amazing to me, John, is this happens at the same time as there's cocaine found in the White House. They can't figure that out. There seems to be like nothing there. And the timing of this tomorrow is going to be probably, they're saying, one of the most explosive hearings ever on Capitol Hill Wait, with the IRS be. whistleblowers. Well, let's go to Alan Dershowitz. Gotta be coincidence. Gotta be coincidence. Yeah, well, let's go uh, to the great constitutional scholar. His new book is called Get Trump, Professor Alan Dershowitz. This is amazing, Professor Dershowitz. Your reaction to the fact that Trump got this target letter on January 6th. It's tied to the special counsel's January 6th probe. Well, first, I'm calling from an airplane on the way back from Italy, where I had a fantastic time. and But I'm coming back to the United States today. So if you hear a little rumbling, it's uh, from the airplane. Uh, this is a very, very serious matter. He can't possibly be indicted for his January 6th speech. I don't approve of what he said, but it's completely protected by the First Amendment. What he said was he wanted everybody to protest peacefully and patriotically. 
but they're trying to indict him in the District of Columbia because they know they have a favorable jury pool there. They're worried about the Florida jury pool. So they're going to try to make sure that they can bring a case against him in a jurisdiction where they are assured that they will have a jury pool comprised of voters uh, who voted against him. I think 91 percent of the voters of D.C. voted against him. Um, This is a manipulation of the legal system. Now, we have to keep an open mind. Maybe they have a smoking gun. Uh, Maybe they have an admission by him to somebody that he knew he had lost the election. I'm waiting to hear that. But if it's based on, A, the January 6th speech, and B, on efforts to try to uh, uh, use the Article 2 of the Constitution to prevent the votes from going forward, even if he was wrong about that, he has a perfect right to bring a lawsuit. I mean, we want people to bring lawsuits. We don't want them to go to the streets. We much prefer for them to have a resolution of issues in the courts and to indict somebody for trying to bring lawsuits or trying to challenge an election would be a terrible, terrible blow to our Constitution. You know, Professor Dershowitz, um, just recently, Jared Kushner was quoted. And of course, he's the son-in-law of President Trump. And he said yep. uh, that, you know, that his father-in-law still firmly believes that, you know, that the election was not appropriate, um, that he believes he was right to pursue these avenues. Just as you're saying, doesn't he have a right to say that? And isn't that basically his best defense? No, but let me before before I ask uh, uh, Mr. Dershowitz to answer. Let me let me say it in one way. How I would feel if uh, I had uh, that guy from Facebook, Zucker, Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg, yeah. Zuckerberg, yep, spend five hundred million dollars in five states. Yeah, the drop boxes. The drop boxes. I would say the same thing. I would say I got cheated. And also, you know where I would say I got cheated, John, is on yeah. the Hunter Biden, on the laptop. Well, I mean, that's a, we know that's for a fact that yeah. was suppressed. That's the real deal. It's not that well, they you know, That's yeah, what three, they did. That's how they turned uh, them on. We got Mr. Dershowitz. It's your turn. Okay. To- there, are three poss- there are three possible arguments that he can make. One, that the actual voting was fake and that there were more ballots for him than for Biden. I think that argument will fail. Maybe he believes it, but that argument will fail. Then there's the second argument. Was there disinformation circulated about him, the Russia um, material and all that? And third, was there information about the Bidens that was withheld? Those are all plausible arguments that should, under the First Amendment, be allowed to be made. Look, I always remember I defended uh, the voters of Palm Beach County in the 2000 election where we allege that the butterfly ballot uh, resulted in a fraudulent election of, uh, of President uh, Bush. Uh, was I right? Was I wrong? I don't know, but I did it in good faith, and nobody came after me back then, although they're coming after me now. Um, but, and they shouldn't be coming after a president or his lawyers who made plausible arguments, even if the arguments ultimately are rejected by the court. It's the court of public opinion, the American public, that has to judge whether these arguments are valid. Now, I, I did say uh, the one thing was the uh, the Facebook guy, Zuckerberg. Uh, the Zuckerberg. Second, Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. <laughs> Zuckerberg was my doctor in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Dr. Zuckerberg. The second thing would be uh, if you're living in a city where uh, there's 700,000 people registered and, and uh, uh, a million uh, absentee ballots went out. Yeah, or the ballot harvesting, which was kind of interesting, some of that stuff. 
I, I, I don't know how much of a difference it made, but it gave, I think he had the right to say, I think the country's getting screwed. And you know where I will also say the uh, Pennsylvania case, right. uh, the Pennsylvania case too was always interesting. It was, yeah. Remember the legislature because it was a question of whether the legislature had the right or the the court. The, the, the Supreme Court yeah. of the state of Pennsylvania you, was beyond their authority, and the Supreme Court of the United States did not take that case up. Professor Dershowitz shouldn't have the Supreme Court taken that case up. Yeah, it, well, it took the case up, and it basically ruled that, or it will rule, or it ruled that the uh, Constitution does permit courts to oversee what the legislature has said. I'm not sure that's the right decision, but whether it's right or wrong... But they didn't say it, they didn't say it during the term of the election. They didn't say no, that no, then. No. And, oh, absolutely not. And in any event, whichever way they come down, a presidential candidate has a right to protest, has a right to bring his case to court, to Congress, and that's the American way. If he loses, he loses, but you don't indict him. You don't just bar his lawyers. You don't go after other lawyers. Um, you know, the, the bar charges have been filed against me because I represented and Trump in the most legitimate constitutional way. But there's a group called 65 Project, which is sworn to get every lawyer who has ever represented Trump and to bring charges against them. And when you bring charges against a lawyer, it means you're spending a million dollars to defend yourself. And that deters any lawyer from getting involved in any case involving Trump. And it's a, a terrible, terrible violation. It's un-American. Un-American. Yeah. It's un-American. Yeah. Craig Eaton? Professor, you know, one of the big problems we had in the last election is the ballot process. There is no uniformity around the country. All these states have different methods yep. and manners in which they conduct their ballots. I mean, one state even had where as long as your mail-in ballot arrived – by or as long as your ballot arrived by five or six o'clock on the date of the election, that had to be counted. I mean, that's rife with well, how fraud. About the I ones mean, that, it opens it so much had fraud that you could you could give it after yes. seven yeah, days yeah, after. Yeah, yeah, yes. and, and no yeah, photo after, ID. After. No photo so that ID. That way you can find out how many you should. <laughs> I mean, I need photo ID to go to a library. Yet I don't have to show photo ID and, to and vote. Also, I mean, we have to change this system. Do you agree? Oh, I completely agree. Look. The conservatives say we don't want to have photo OD, photo or any ID to prove that you've been vaccinated, but they want IDs to shoot you yeah. in voting. The Democrats take the opposite view. They say you don't need any ID to vote, but you need massive ID to prove that you've taken the vaccine. You know, there's hypocrisy on both sides. But I do think that uh, having ID or fingerprints, something for elections is important. Yeah. I also think that Anybody who uses a voting machine, any company that has voting machines, has to subject their voting machines to the expert evaluation of people in lawsuits. They can't claim business secrecy when they're performing a governmental function. That's the case that I helped to bring in Arizona, for which I have been attacked and criticized uh, because I brought that case. And I think that's the right case to bring. You know, Professor, this is Craig Eaton again. The next shoe to drop is going to be after Biden... And the White House allow all these migrants into the United States. The next shoe to drop is going to be letting the migrants vote. They're going to be able to vote on election day, sign up to vote on election day, and that's how that's how they're going to steal the election this coming year. I hope well, not. that would be unconstitutional. Yeah. I think yeah. the Constitution provides that citizens of the United States are the voters who determine the election. Yeah.
Well, Alan Dershowitz, thank you so much. Welcome back to America. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. I'm yeah, lucky you. Right now. Thank, thank you. you. Right. And now uh, we have the uh, controller of the state of New York, uh, Tom DiNapoli. And, uh, you know, there's such a big exodus. We've been asking Tom DiNapoli how that, how that uh, hurts our tax revenue and our budgets. Tom DiNapoli, what the heck is going on? Hey, John. Hey, Rita. It's great to be back with you. Well, we, um, you know, I'd say we've got good news for now in that uh, the current budget seems to be holding together. And in fact, the uh, latest update that we had in terms of tax collections were uh, a little bit ahead of the updated projections. But the problem is, uh, or the challenge, I should say, is those those projections were lowered. So when you look at the revenue we have right now, it's certainly much lower than it was uh, a year ago. And one of the real areas of concern as we look moving forward, uh, our personal income tax collections are down compared to last year. They actually are lower than the projections. So as we've talked about on your show before, since our state is very reliant on the personal income tax, uh, the fact that um, that part of our tax base uh, is not coming in as strong as, it was as, a, as, as even even the updated projections were, were not making that that is a was a it thirty one percent below uh, year over year it was uh, a significant drop yeah I mean uh, compared to last year it it it's it's, it's does that, that include sales tax. No, that's just on the personal income tax. That's How about sales tax? Case. How did that uh, fit? Sales tax in the latest numbers, actually, June seems to have picked up a little bit. April and May were, were really sluggish. It was only about a 1% increase each month. of The numbers I've seen so far for June looks like it's up a little over 5% for the state. That's after April and May were only up about 1.5 and 1.1. So it looks like sales tax is, is not as strong as it was last year in terms of growth, but June seems to be doing Doing better than we were doing in April and May, you know. So I think, to a certain extent, some of this is starting to level off. But I think the problem is with the financial plan, and we just put our analysis out today. The, the division of budget is brought down by five billion dollars a year for the next few years. The revenue picture. So the out-year budget gaps next year, uh, John, is going to be nine billion dollars over thirteen billion dollars the two years after that. So you're starting to see, as opposed to a year ago when we were projecting budget balance for the next few years. We're now projecting budget gaps. Tom, it's uh, Richard Weinberg. Welcome hey, back. Thank uh, you. What about the local real property taxes? How does that impact the? Uh well, because of inflation, we we just – well, keep in mind the property tax doesn't affect the state because there's right. no state property tax. But for the locals, as right. you point out, we just put out the uh, the numbers that it, it can't exceed 2% because of the high inflation. Uh, so it's going to be at the maximum 2%. So that's going to also put some pressure on, on the local uh, budgets, no doubt. Because the other factor that's going to impact the local governments is that the federal relief – money obviously is being spent down. The state budget this year came up with significant money, particularly for our school districts. Uh, But if we're going to have some budget gaps going into next year, the year after that, you know, will we be able to continue that level of support for our schools? And for the property tax, the the big burden really is the school tax, right? When you, when you really look at the breakdown. So, so as I said at the outset, okay for now, but we have to be very mindful of what the revenue trends are going to be the next few months. Look at spending very carefully, and I think next year's budget process is going to be uh, with a much more limited revenue picture than we had this year. 
You know, Tom, um, we've talked also about in the past the price of all the migrants, too, in New York. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. I mean, the price tag keeps going up and up and up and more mega centers. There was a big headline today about some more mega centers. Um, New York, I mean, it's busting at the seams. $8 million plus a day. It's probably right. more now. So it's into the billions. And although there's been some help from Washington, it's been nowhere near uh, to deal with the expense and more people are coming in. And that certainly has not been factored into the long term financial plan for the city or, or for the state. It's certainly driving uh, the, the out-year gaps that uh, the city's uh, going to be projecting as well. I mean, the, the, one bit of, of, of positive news that I should mention is that at the state level, and credit to the governor and the legislature for this, our reserves are, are built up higher than ever. So if we had a short-term a shortfall within the current year, current year, we'd be able to cover it. But you, you don't want to balance your budget by by expending your reserves, right? That That's really there for an emergency. What you really need to do on the front end is make sure that structurally your budgets are in balance, that your recurring revenue is aligned with recurring spending. And and if the revenue is going to start to, you know, to be uh, coming in not as strong as projected, well, we may have to adjust spending in that regard then. Yeah, big time. By the way, I want to also thank you, uh, Tom, because last time when you were on the show, you talked about um, an incident that happened with troopers. And I yes. used it on my back, the blue, at the ten, oh, on the ten o'clock show here. I gave you a good, uh, a good credit and shout out. So well, thank you. I, I love that segment when you do the show. Thank you, Craig Eaton. Tom, it's Craig Eaton. Uh, good to talk Hi, to Craig. you. But yeah. you know, the problem is that that everyone's leaving New. We have a lot of people leaving New York, going to Florida, North Carolina, Texas, elsewhere, and we're filling in those people with migrants. Mm-hmm. So well, you know, how are we going to to balance our budget? How are we going to increase our personal income taxes if we're getting rid of people who are the, the richest people in New York and the people who are earning and, and putting migrants in their place. I mean, it's just it's a dangerous, dangerous thing that's going on here. Yeah. I mean, keep in mind, I mean, you're absolutely right. Some people are leaving, but not everybody is. And when, when you know, the real challenge is getting the hard data. But some of the more recent data I've seen looks like the outmigration of the higher income New Yorkers is it's not certainly not ended, but it's not as severe as it was. Uh, like around, tw- you know, 2020, you know, certainly when the pandemic kicked in at high gear. So I think some of that may be starting to level off. But the real challenge with, you know, behind your question is that folks don't realize how much our state budget depends on the personal income tax. And the top 1% of taxpayers pay over 40% of, of that revenue. So, you know, it's very important to us that we have wealthy people continuing to live in New York because they are paying a significant part of that personal income tax that supports the schools and the healthcare system and everything else. So it is an issue that we're going to have to be very mindful of. I think tax policy is part of what drives people to leave. There are other issues too, though, and that gets back to the whole quality of life issue, issue of crime, uh, cleanliness, homelessness, all those other issues that are uh, really of concern, not just in New York City, but, you know, uh, I travel across the state. There of those concerns in other parts of the state as well. So we, we really have our work cut out for us to keep New York as a place that people want to live and work and continue to be here. Yeah, you got your hands full. Wow, wow, wow. Well, we, we all do, you know, and, 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 and I, I look, I, I'm born and raised in New York. I don't intend to live uh, anywhere else. But we have to be honest that there are some real challenges and some people are choosing to uh, to express their opinion by, by moving away. And, and more often than not, they are at the higher income level. And that is going to have Tom, an impact on our tax base. Tom DiNapoli, we're going to have to break. But before we break, if if New Yorkers felt safer, they'd stay in New York. 
Yes, I think you're right. Because there's so many other advantages as to why you want to be in we New love York. We want to feel safe. You're right. We love New York. I yeah. don't want to see anything bad happen to New York. But these people the uh, that that are voting for the defund police, etc., you know, if they keep New Yorkers safe, they will stay in New York. Thank you. Well, we have a new police commissioner, and we wish him success. That's going to be very important, John. You're absolutely right. Thank you so yeah. much, and we'll All catch right. up. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, everybody. Thank Thanks. you, Tom. Let's take that break, and when we come back, Curtis has something new to report on the Giglio. Uh, yeah, the Giglio uh, beach killing, some about the arsenal the guy had, and a whole bunch more. You definitely don't want to miss it. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we're back here on Cats and Cosby. You know, John, we were talking yesterday, uh, the fact that this guy, uh, the Gilgo Beach serial killer, the accused guy, Rex Hewerman, 300 weapons in his home, and he only had 92 yes. gun permits. 92 gun permits. And Curtis said to me this morning at 7 o'clock this morning, I said, where did he get, who signed off on 92 permits? That, and he had a concealed uh, permit to carry, which is not easy to get anywhere in New York State. So the question is, did he get it in Nassau County? I have to go to the clerk's office there or Suffolk County. Or, remember, this may have been in the period where the NYPD was selling them. A lot of cops got in trouble. And remember, he's a businessman in Manhattan. He might have qualified. I don't know, but he no, had no record. An architect doesn't Yeah, qualify. I was going to say, architect is, a, is well, that risky of a business? An architect doesn't qualify. <laughs> if you have money, <laughs> anybody qualifies, as we've seen. So the, if you have friends in high places, you qualify. Oh, so maybe so it was Suffolk window County. Period, during but that window period. when the, I when would those say it was in Nassau, yeah. Suffolk County for sure. Yeah. It was 2010 that he got the concealed carry permit. So, all right, so he has the one. Say he has the concealed. What about the others? I mean, come on. I mean, Curtis, of what course. I'm just saying 92 is guns? 92 concealed no, no. permits. Yeah. A 92 regular permit. No, 300, 300, 300, 300, 300, 300 total. So who's signing off? Doesn't somebody go, wait a minute, this guy's an architect? Of could, oh, wait, another one? Another one? Come on, Curtis. Where do you think well, it's that's going? that's why I have to go to the clerk's office and find out. They won't give you that information. So we're going to have some phone. breaking news uh, sooner or later. Unless the whoever is in the in those offices right now is well, going through the file, tearing them up. Nancy, <laughs> Nancy, Nancy's already down there. You're She's already doing do due you're, diligence. You're probably going to have to do a FOIL request. I don't think if you go down there, they're going to hand it to you. Do a FOIL request, and then they have to turn over those. Technically, records. they should because it should be yeah. public with a, information. With a FOIL request, they have to. No, but it should be technically. Yeah. But yeah. to John's point, they might be like, "Oh, now, wait a minute, this page is a question, Craig. Yeah. Do I say tin foil or aluminum foil? Because <laughs> tin foil dates yourself. Yeah, it's a freedom of information law. That's uh, yeah. a <laughs> anything else that you uh, Yeah, yeah. There's a uh, there's somebody out there who has escaped um, the um, the ridicule that should have come with this because the FBI was kept out of this case until recently with a new DA and a new uh, police commissioner. The old police commissioner, Richard Dormer. That's not the police chief. The number one right. guy was Richard Dormer. And there was a Netflix special about how he prevented the FBI from coming in, even though they knowingly were bringing in prostitutes across state mm-hmm. lines, 
a violation of the Mann Act. That's why uh, Governor Patterson became governor overnight, is that Elliot Spitzer was confronted by the FBI. You've been transporting prostitutes across state lines for the purpose of engaging in prostitution. They say, you got two choices. You're either going to go to jail or you leave. And he left, and then all of a sudden my husband-in-law got that call. You're the governor! <laughs> so they violated the Mann Act. And this guy, Richard Dormer, the it's former the, Suffolk called, County way, Police Curtis, Commissioner. It's called the Person Act now. Yes. They don't call it the Man Act. <laughs> and, by the way, he was down at that compound also engaged in all kinds of weird, kinky sexual acts. So, really, all of these now, well-heeled men. You were talking the other day, Rita, that uh, when the woman was uh, was crying to 911 on the phone. Yes. The Shannon Gilbert, who ticked, you know, who teed off the whole thing, said, they are chasing me. They, in other words, two people. I mean, that's, a, you know, or at least more than yeah, one, one person. One was the John and one was her pimp and driver from Jersey City. And they were definitely trying to do something to her. And yet a year later, Richard Dormer said, well, we found the body in a pound, in a pond right on the compound, the gated right. community. And uh, then uh, Baden, the former uh, medical examiner yeah, from Baden, New York, Michael Baden. Uh, did a second autopsy and said she was strangled to death. But Richard Dormer covered it up. Remember, he was the police commissioner, and they all knew it out there. Look, Spoda went to jail. Uh, his ADA in charge of political corruption went to jail. You had Burke, the police chief, went to jail. Right. It was one massive cover-up. So, all right, it begs the question, Curtis. You got all these people. And, by the way, the uh, the Burke guy, remember, he was found in the backseat of the car, had a video, some horrible videos of uh, do, doing... Snuff films. Doing, yeah, but, Snuff films. But beyond that, like, tortured... I mean, yeah. it was really horrible stuff. Similar, if you will, to... Some of the things that I mean, happened, sadly, these I mean, women. Sicko stuff that's versus what just si- porn? Yes, that's, it was like torture stuff. It was horrible torture stuff. Torture and killing. Yes. That's, Snuff films. That's why I'm, but I'm saying to you, this is more than coincidence. So it begs the question, what's going on? I mean, is there something now, more to just ignoring the facts? Uh, he's on suicide watch. He I better be, because uh, you know he's going to get Jeffrey Epstein. He knows too much. I, I call him architect They can't Rex. afford to let him live. So what do you think he knows? What do you think? Curtis? He knows all the people that were involved. He did work for a guy who committed suicide two days after they found that first woman right. in the pond. The, right, the Shannon who, Gilbert. Who was the right. one who provided the burlap bags. I mean, everything is incestuous out there. And it affects Democrats and Republicans and conservatives. Nobody is above the law. They had a big banner at their press conference when they announced the arrest. No one is above the law. Well, for, for over 10 years, everybody was above the law in Suffolk County. Well, that's why we need to get to the bottom yeah. of it. Because you know what's amazing? This pimp, um, the pimp who ca- finally came forward to the cops, literally within a month of coming forward to the cops, basically blew the case open. So the pimp was available 10 years ago. They so hope, you, that's what, why what I'm saying it's disgusting, Chris. Everybody well, involved you, in this. you got a bunch of honest uh, guys out there right now. The DA. Thank uh, goodness. Uh, Kearney is an honest guy. Yep. Rodney uh, Harrison uh, and uh, the sheriff, uh, Tuyon. Uh, I think they're on the sky. And they brought in the FBI and they brought in the state troopers. John, so. John, have you ever been locked up in county jail? Never. You know how easy it would be to <laughs> kill you? this guy? Yes. Have you? Yes, many times. Oh, no. All they would have to do is one of these MS-13 guys with a shiv right underneath the ribs. They would bleed him out. He'd be dead. And the MS-13 guy, he's probably doing uh, triple life without parole to begin with. They have to put him in a separate cell, a separate wing. They can't let anybody near him. Or you'll see, he'll be Jeffrey Epstein. 
Just move to strike that comment by my client. <laughs> <laughs> okay. he, takes, he takes, please, the fifth Thank on that. Thank you, right? Curtis. Curtis please, the fifth. I'll be waiting to listen to you at 7.05 tomorrow with uh, said. Yeah, I should know who signed those permits. Yeah, let us know. For him to have 300 guns in his basement that his wife said. Tune I had in. no idea. Yeah, the wife said, no yeah, idea. the whole secret Tune, bedroom, the whole. Uh, Tune in to Sid and Friends tomorrow at 7.05 and in, in, uh, Curtis Lee will be on, and you might have some breaking news of who signed those permits. For sure. I'll, I'll nail it by that, 7.05 tomorrow. All right. Thank you, Curtis. <laughs> Let's take a break. And who are we coming back with? We have the former Education Secretary, Betsy DeVos, talking about some big stuff Our in Biden. Our kids are not getting educated. Oh, what a mess. You're commuting home with Cats and Cosby. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Well, President Biden trying to make an end run around the Supreme Court. And now his new plan to try to forgive student loans may cost Americans $475 billion with a B. This is amazing. And joining us now to talk about all of this is the former Secretary of Education, my friend, Betsy DeVos. Um, Betsy, so great to have you here on Cats and Cosby. What's your reaction to what President Biden's trying to do with all the student loan forgiveness? Well, Rita, great to be with you. And uh, what President Biden's trying to do is just a blatant vote by. And it's, uh, you know, the Supreme Court has ruled it illegal. He can't just, but with a, you know, sign of his pen, wipe away over half trillion dollars in student loan debt. Um, because first of all, we know it's not wiping it away. It's just transferring it to all those who didn't take out student loans or those who faithfully made payments. So it's patently unfair. It's patently illegal. The Supreme Court has ruled on that. And he continues to try to buy these votes by now coming up with another scheme to count non-payments of people in income-driven repayment programs to try to pay off them and keep his promises to a small fraction of people who are very upset that he hasn't been able to do anything on this. You know, um, Craig Eaton? (laughs) You know, the the thing is that this political ploy of his is working because it worked when he came out in 2022 and said, look, I'm going to give all of you this discount. It worked. Yeah, free. And, and free. free. We're gonna we're gonna discount, take away your student loans. Me, I paid for student loans. I paid for tuition for all my kids. I wish I would have known. So he he won there. And then when the Supreme Court says no, you can't do that. You don't have the authority to do it. He came out and won there because he said, look, the Republicans are against it. And now he's winning again because he's coming up with this idea that he's got the power to do other things. So this political well, point I- in the charade needs to come to a stop. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, Americans are paying attention to this and they're not happy with this notion that, uh, you know, those who didn't take student loans out must now shoulder the burden. You know, it sounds really good to say, I'm going to forgive your student debt, but it's not forgiving anything. It's already a loan made by the federal government. Somebody has to pay for it. And the real reality is that if, uh, if, if he is successful in actually getting this done, the rest of us are going to pay for it. And it's the people who didn't go to college or the the ones who went to work after high school and maybe started a small business and had to take out a loan to buy you know equipment for the business. None of them are going to get the benefit. In fact, they're going to get the burden from this. But, and Americans are, are figuring this out. 
And it's incumbent on all of us to continue to talk about the reality of this, that this is a transfer. This is a tax on other people um, with the promise of great things for people who have taken loans. And, you know, if they took loans and they somehow cannot pay them back, there are many, many alternatives already available to them. And I think, you know, students and prospective students ought to be looking at uh, if you don't think your student loan is valuable, then you better really question what you're pursuing that higher education degree or course of study for. Now, this this is exactly what the Democrats want. And I'm not against Democrats. I'm not against Republicans. But the fact is they're going to stand up and say to 896,000 people, I wanted to give you the money. It's the Republicans that didn't want to give it to you. The, the Republicans never want to give you anything, and the Democrats always want to give you everything. And 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 you're saying about common sense that it's not fair, but guess what? The the people, you know, they did that to us in Georgia uh, with the vote. When was it in twenty? Uh, 18? 2020. 2020. Yeah, you mean where, where Mitch McConnell said, said I'm not going to do it. Yeah, if you, listen, I'm going to give you yep. $2,600 next week if you vote for the Democrats. Right, and then Mitch McConnell said he didn't want it, yeah. remember, too. Well, and Trump did, actually. Trump was saying that he would have supported it. It was an well, interesting... So I don't know, you know, when you're on the outside looking in, we lose. So how, how do you fight that, uh, Secretary Betsy DeVos? Well, again, I think you you keep talking about the reality that this is not, uh, you know, this is not a a a, uh, a payment to individuals who are really in need. What it is is a vote by a an attempted vote get. And you're right; it sounds really good, but there's lots and lots of average Americans that have figured out this is absolutely a tax on them, and it's going to be burdening their grandchildren and their great grandchildren. When, uh, you know, the, if and when the Democrats continue to be successful with um, this type of a ploy, you cannot keep uh, transferring the burden of a decision one person makes to those that have not made that decision repeatedly and, and keep getting our country further and further and further into debt and um, and and being patently unfair to the the millions of people who have faithfully repaid on their student loans. People aren't stupid. They're figuring out that this is nothing but a, a blatant vote ploy on the part of President Biden. Madam Secretary, it's Judge Richard Weinberg, ma'am. I want to ask you the question. You've proposed that they shut down the Department of Education. Would you explain that to us, please? Yes. So there is no nowhere in the Constitution that talks about education or a federal role in education. The Department of Education wasn't founded until 1979. It was a payoff to the teachers' union after Jimmy Carter won their endorsement and promised a Department of Education, founded in, in with the goal of closing achievement gaps between the lowest and highest performers. We spent over a trillion dollars at the federal level. The achievement gaps have widened, not closed, and there is no real valid role for that department to exist. All it does is take in the money Congress appropriates, spins it around inside that building with a whole bunch of left-leaning career uh, civil servants and spits it out to the states and local districts with all kinds of strings attached, and there has been no achievement game and no benefit 
from the over trillion dollars we've spent. Not only that, but it is totally the outpost for all of the teachers unions and their allies to continue to to demand and get what they want, uh, you know, agenda wise. So they have been the ones that have been failing our kids for decades. And parents have seen that today. They saw it during COVID, and they are demanding different. They're demanding freedom to make the choices for their children's education dollars to go where they want their child educated. And it's having momentum across the states where uh, now more than six states have a universal program for education freedom. And other states are getting on board with the education freedom train and are providing families options, which is exactly what we need. And I love seeing uh, parents speaking out and having a say in their kids' education. Just overall, it's been so, I I think, wonderful to see that aspect. Um, Former Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, thank you so much for being here on Cats and Cosby. you got to come back on again soon. Thanks so much, Rita and everyone. Great Thank to you. Talk to you. Thank you. Bye bye. And now a new surprise guest in the studio. In the studio by himself, all six foot eight. Is it or nine? We six, got Dr. six foot five. I used to be six seven. <laughs> <laughs> Did that change recently, or has that been? <laughs> it's a long story. We have we have Dr. Peter Michalos, and uh, Doctor. There's so many things to talk about. Where do you want to start? Well, I want to start by saying that. Uh, I had to work at Rikers Island Maximum Security and survive two riots to pay back my medical school loan. So I'm going to start demanding loan reparations. And uh, <laughs> the, the, pro- the program seems to be 1-800-BUY-A-VOTE. Uh, uh, very good. The, yeah, the other uh, thing that we're going to talk it about. It works. No, absolutely. Well, we all have to remember what Margaret Thatcher said back in England. She said, gentlemen, the problem with socialism is that eventually you run out of other people's money. (laughs) That's one of the best lines in history that I always remind people of. Mm -hmm. And uh, like Betsy DeVos uh, said, you're spending your great-grandchildren's credit card bills and you're putting bills on the future generations. And it's not fair to those of us who work midnight to eight shifts trying to pay off these loans. But you're talking common sense. People just vote their pocketbook. Yeah, they hear free and go, okay, no, but, I'll take that. No, what I don't like is that when they make the proposals and then after the election, then they say, well, it really wasn't possible. So that is a little bit that just concerns me. And again, I'm, I'm a registered independent all my life. I don't care about politics, but we have to do what's fair. So I, I try to run common sense. I'm not yeah, uh, actually, you know, you know, there's a compromise. Like, for example, nurses, we have a shortage of nurses. And, you know, there are programs where you might give some loan forgiveness to people going into nursing and underserved communities in certain zip codes where we need people, where we need doctors, where we need nurses, where we need EMS. So I can see helping those people and granting some. So finding some middle ground possibly to uh, incentivize people because we've lost so many people. When we had those severe uh, COVID restrictions of vaccine requirements, Florida gained literally about 3,000 New York nurses and physicians assistants that nobody really talks about. And a lot of cops, too. They were like, come on down. 1,400 alone on Long Island left and went to South Mm -hmm. Carolina, Texas, and Florida. So we had a real brain drain that we have to find innovative ways. And one of the ways Mm -hmm. is through scholarships and possibly some types of, of loan forgiveness, but getting on to other interesting Doctor, things. One, one item I wanted to ask you, you know, one of our friends called yesterday complaining that the solar flares are not raising the temperature of the planet and causing anything. What, 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 what do you think? 
Well, solar flares only contribute a small portion. It's mostly UV light and the light itself that contributes. But sometimes we have periods of something called solar minimum, for example, from 1750 to 1850, where the planet actually cooled down. And we do know that we have periods of solar increased solar activity. The problem with the increased solar activity is actually more the radiation that it generates. And they've looked at a million charts. And if you happen to be born during a period of solar maximum, you actually will live on an average 5.1 years less. Why? Because when you're in gestation, meaning you're cooking in your mama's oven, the radiation actually damages our DNA and causes epigenetic changes and wow. increases the risk of cancer. And this is not, this is not, you know, this is just the science. How do we find out again? How do, how do we find out? Chart? 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 I want to see that chart. Yeah, I want to find out. How, I want to know what, where I was born in. How you, do we you, find out? That's five years. That's a long time. Yeah. You, you can look it up and there's also a website called spaceweather.com and you can actually okay. sign up for text alerts and a friend of mine the other day, who's on it, sends me the alerts. And on the 18th, there was some peak solar flares. And uh, John sent me some beautiful pictures that Dr. Sky sent him, where you see basically the sun has these blips of solar activity. So when you have alerts, and it should probably be as part of our weather reports that mothers who are gestating and young children and people who are at risk, it's probably better, believe it or not, to stay indoors. And that's why space travel to Mars, one of the limiting factors is that it's the radiation that won't allow us to get there. Right now, space tracks are, are aligned with something called polyethylene, and they also use something called mylar sheathing that allows people to stay in the uh, satellites mm -hmm. and the space stations. But the reality is that the human body, again, as we talked on WABC, our technology is ahead of our biology, and our human bodies and radiation just don't mix. We're alive because Inside the center of the earth is metal, molten rock, and we're spinning a 1,000 miles an hour as we're sitting here, and we're going around the sun at 60,000 miles an hour. And that spin generates an electromagnetic field just like a motor does, and that magnetic field is actually like a force field on Star Trek, and it repels all the all that radiation, and that's why we're So we're whoever, whoever our creator is, I mean, he created some planet. It is, and it actually tilts every couple of thousand years. And the slightest tilt, the more it, it's, it's, it's the obliqueness. And the more it tilts, that means you get tilt closer to the sun. And those, those parts of the planet, guess what? Get a lot warmer. And when it tilts the other way in a couple of thousand years, we're going to go through a cooling phase. So, yes, man obviously contributes to a portion of global climate change, but the planet is alive. It's spinning a thousand miles an it's hour. Alive. It's changing its tilt. And who, wow, really? The, you always have the best stuff. The I always love your our stuff. Our creator, which we call God, really uh, has done a good job. Amazing stuff. And and by the way, you, I just want to say, we always have you on the show. We love having you. Every time you tell us, I'm, we're writing down, I feel like we learn so much when you're here, Peter. It's amazing. Well, I loved him, but I just found there was a solar flare June 1st of 1960. That was a month before I was born. So what so, I mean, does that I, explain? I just lost five years. Does right? that explain anything about that? Take a look at Craig. Another, what do you think? Another, re another reason why you would have had more hair. <laughs> June 1st of 1960, that's a month and a half after I was. Uh, well, that's why it's important to do annual physicals. A lot of people didn't get them during COVID, and that's why we're seeing cancer rates up. And we remind people they even have a test now, the gallery test. You can check. 50 cancers with one blood test. So if somebody's born during peak solar flare, why not check that blood test? You catch something early, you can save your, save your, save your life and uh, catch things early. I've helped three people we spotted with. 
cancers. One person with an ovarian, one with a bladder, and one picked up a prostate cancer. Who I had told Can I get them, that test tonight? You can get it. <laughs> what are you doctor. doing after the Check show? Me Check me with Maybe six o'clock. We the, can do that. The, techno- the technology exists now. Early screening and get your annual physicals yeah. and keep listening to WABC for more health tips. On that's how to stay that, alive. That, that's that the important is, thing. Yeah. Yes. I understand we're going straight to Miranda Divine right now. Exactly. Not taking a break because. You know, we want to go to Miranda Devine. We, she's got some hot stuff. Of course, the great <laughs> New York Post columnist. And Miranda, boy, next, uh, next 24 hours are supposed to be explosive on Capitol Hill. Uh, Comer is promising it's going to be bombshells with these whistleblowers, the IRS whistleblowers. What do you know? Yes, look, uh, we now have, it's not just the IRS whistleblowers, but they've been backed up by the FBI supervisory special agent who was also on that Hunter Biden criminal investigation that ran for five years in Delaware and came to nothing but a couple of misdemeanors. And uh, he, that the FBI agent has come out and said that everything that the IRS guys said, he experienced too. And he tells of this one shocking incident uh, where they had been told that they had to suspend all their activities um, for you know, two months before the election in 2020 because they didn't want to sort of have it overlap and have some sort of political effect. And so December 8, 2020, they decide they are going to go and interview Hunter Biden. Uh, so after the election, his father's won um, and he's a president in, in transition and they fly to California and they're, going, they're sitting outside his house, Hunter Biden's house, early in the morning, they're going to go and knock on the door. And then they get informed that um, the night before, the um, the FBI headquarters, who we don't know, was that Christopher Ray? you'd assume it would have had to go as high as him, has informed President Biden transitions, his transition team, uh, Biden's transition team and the Secret Service, that uh, the IRS and the FBI are there outside Hunter Biden's house wanting to interview him. And um, they're told, stand down. Uh, you just have to wait for a phone call from Hunter and he'll let you know if he wants to be interviewed. And, you know, surprise, surprise, he didn't want to be interviewed, so he never was. And, that, and Miranda, it's Richard Weinberg. Wasn't that a heads up to move documents, to get rid of documents? Um, well, it was a heads up to make sure that Hunter didn't have to get interviewed. Um, in terms of the heads up on the documents, that also occurred. Uh, that was when someone from the DOJ tipped off Hunter Biden's lawyer um, that uh, they wanted to do a search warrant on a storage unit of his um, that, that probably had documents that would have been useful. Uh, and, you know, that, that was on top of um, the DOJ, the prosecutor, saying, oh, no, we're not going to go there with a search warrant for the cottage on Joe Biden's property um, where Hunter Biden had been living because, you know, the optics are bad. And, and that, was the, that was that woman, Lisa Wolf, wasn't it? Lisa Wolf, yeah, at the AUSA. Um, and, you know, is the juice, juice worth the squeeze? And, and basically the investigators were warned off anything that came close to Joe Biden. They weren't allowed to ask about the big guy. They weren't ask, uh, allowed to ask about the 10% that for the big guy that was, uh, you know, talked about among Hunt Biden's business partners, which was important because, as they said, um, you know, if 10% of Hunter Biden's income is being scraped off, you shouldn't have to pay 
uh, tax on that. So in order to come up with a, ta- a proper tax bill, an amount that he owed, they needed to know exactly how much he took in as income and how much he might have given to other people. They weren't allowed to do that. They weren't allowed to interview um, Joe Biden's grandchildren, who had also received cash from these foreign um, you know, places, and uh, they weren't allowed to do that. So, you know, everything, every step of the way in this investigation, they were obstructed, they were slow walked, and they got very disgruntled. And by the end of it, by the five years when they realised that they'd just been played for fools and that all their hard work had come to nothing, um, that's when uh, they decided to become whistleblowers. And you will see tomorrow... Um, the second whistleblower who's been anonymous up until now, Gary Shapley, who was the supervisor, came forward very courageously a few weeks ago. But um, this new whistle, the second whistleblower, who's been called Whistleblower X, will reveal his identity tomorrow. And he's a very serious person who is um, said by Shapley to be the best investigator in the country. And he's just been honestly on this from the beginning. I think he's a Democrat. Um, He's been there since 2018, uncovered um, a whole lot of shenanigans and and just had it thrown in his face. And I think he's very upset legitimately. Yeah, this is going to be explosive um, to see who that second whistleblower is. Also, um, Miranda Devine, James Comer came out and said he's going to be revealing a timeline and some more bank records also tomorrow. So it sounds like it is going to be like most watch television to see it and we're going to be covering it of course tomorrow night all the big highlights here on wabc radio miranda thank you always for joining us you're awesome thank you so much so fantastic thanks and what do we all stand for truth Truth, justice justice and the american way god bless america Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all-natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.